thing I love about uh, this whole situation with everything that's going on is that we can still have church here together. You see, the same spirit that's at work right now, right here, is at work right there where you are. The same spirit that is able to communicate this message is able to communicate to your heart. The same spirit is at work because the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. It's not fixated in a building. It's not locked into one room. It could go wherever you are and wherever it needs to be or wherever he needs to be. As I was praying and getting into this, I felt it was important for us to understand that and to open this portion up with a moment of prayer. So indulge me for a second as we invite the Lord into this moment. God, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity that we have uh, to be in your presence, God. Even though we can't be together, we are united in you. And so, Lord, I just pray that your presence would be tangible and thick. God, I pray that your glory would enter into every bedroom, every living room, wherever they find themselves watching this service right now. God, I pray that my voice would shrink and yours would increase, God that it would be about your presence, Lord, not about which church they're watching online or, or which program they're in tune to, God. It would be about your presence. So God, we invite your presence in this place and we ask you speak to us, God, and communicate exactly what you need us to hear. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name, amen. I wanna open up in scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 through 15. I was reading this last week in my regular devotional, and uh, the Lord just kind of highlighted that for a second. And I didn't know what this message was going to be. And I literally, in my notes, I knew I was going to be speaking this Sunday. And so I just jotted down Sunday's message and 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And as I began to study the scripture, the Lord began to highlight more and more what I feel he wants to communicate to you this morning. So if you have your Bible, why don't you open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 13 through 15. It says, but we continue to preach. This is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. We continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Here the apostle Paul is, is teaching based off of Psalm 116. He's echoing what the psalmist said when he says, I believed in God, so I spoke. Paul is saying that the same faith that the psalmist had many years before his time is the same faith he and the early church can have which tells me that it's the same faith you and I can have, even though there's time spent between when Paul wrote this and when we're hearing this. See, it's the same faith because it's the same God. The circumstances might be different. What the psalmist was dealing with in Psalm 116 was different than what Paul was dealing with in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And it's different from what you and I might be dealing with in 2020. See, see it's, it's different circumstances, different situations, but the same God. God is always active, always willing, and always at work in you and I. And so what does that mean in regards to, to this scripture? Why is Paul saying that? He's saying that, that what comes out of your mouth has to do with what you believe in your heart. Or, or as another scripture says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, a good person produces good things from the treasure of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say 
flows from what's in your heart. The words that come out of your mouth are a good indicator to what's going on in your heart. And right now we've been hearing more and more words of fear, of anxiety, of angst, of worry, of uncertainty, of doubt. But church, I, I wanna talk specifically to you this morning. And by church, I mean men and women of God. I want you to understand something. What comes out of our mouth during times like these has to be different. What we speak cannot be what the rest of the world is saying or else no one can hear us. We have to speak in faith, believing God for what he has spoken to us. See, times like this one, it can be very disheartening. It can cause us to waver. It can cause our hearts to sink when we hear that America now is, is the number one in recorded COVID-19 cases. It, it can cause us to pause when we hear that people are losing their jobs. It can start getting us to worry. When, when fear comes, we, we start hearing these worst-case scenarios. And it's, it's no wonder why certain words might be slipping out of our mouth. The reality is that the virus is becoming more and more familiar now. In the beginning, it was something that, that China dealt with. This was a, a far off thing. And then later on, well, that's, that's Europe's problem or that's Italy's. Like we're America and there's this almost Teflon feel. And, and then it, it hit America's doorstep and it started hitting the East Coast and the West Coast. And maybe some of us here in the Midwest started thinking, well, that's on the edges. It's, it's not really affecting us now. But now we're getting to a point where not only is it in our city, in our towns, in every state of the United States but it's starting to affect people we know. People we, we grew up with, people we have relationships with, people we love now are fighting for their lives in regards to this virus. Almost every day uh, we get a report of different ministers, different evangelists, different missionaries, different friends, different family members who have uh, gotten COVID-19 and many of which are, are hospitalized in severe conditions. And for some, this only gets real when it gets close. And for many of you, I believe it's starting to get close. So the apostle Paul is saying, hey, listen, I'm no stranger to these kinds of times. Yes, it's different than what he was dealing with during that time, the persecution that he was enacting. But trust me, nothing from what we're going through can really compare to the things that Paul was going through as he was writing these letters. Yet both Paul and the psalmist faced all these issues and were compelled to speak because the gospel compelled them to do so. Their faith caused them to speak. Their faith caused them to not go into doubt. If you go on in the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you'll see kind of something that I want to zone in on, verses 16 through 18. After Paul reiterates a little bit more, he, he kind of sums it all up by saying this. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. I want to walk through this scripture because some of these things that Paul is saying in today's context might be hard to understand. But if you believe, I believe it'll be different. If you're taking notes, one of the first things you might want to write down is that I believe in God. So I know that this is a time of renewal. 
I believe in God, and so I know this is a time of renewal. This is an opportunity. Paul makes the distinction in verses 16 through 18 that there's a difference between the inner man and the outer man, between the body and the spirit. What, what makes up the inner part of you and what makes up the outer part of you. You see, the outer man can get infected with the virus. The outer man can lose his job. The outer man can be locked in a house. But the inner man, the spirit, the inner man can grow strong even though the body is growing weak. The inner man understands that we serve Jehovah Jireh, my provider, that whatever is going on, God will be able to meet that need in his name. The inner man can never be locked away because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. There is a major difference between your inner man and your outer man. Paul says it like this earlier in the chapter, verse 7. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. I believe in God, not myself. You know, you hear that a lot in, in today's vernacular. Uh, hey, just believe in yourself. Just think you can do it. And listen, positive thinking is not going to get us through these situations. Good vibes are not going to get us through these situations. They might feel nice, but it's my faith in God that will allow me to endure. It's my faith in God that will allow me to never give up, but continue to re-up, to continue to step up and do what God has called me to do. See, God stopped the world to give you a chance to renew. I think about it in terms of basketball, and we had just kind of had to put a halt on our March Madness series, but if you've ever watched a basketball game and, and you're rooting for your team and you feel like the momentum is going in the other direction, oftentimes what the coach will do in order to swing things back into their favor is he'll call a timeout. He'll put a stop to the game. He'll say, listen, we need to regroup. We need to gather together, catch our breath, and then go back into the game. For some of you, calling a timeout is difficult. And so God called the global timeout. He frees the world, and he gave you back your favorite excuse for not being with him. He gave you back time. Now you have time to read your Bible. Now you have time to spend with your family and, and grow that unit. Now you have time to grow spiritually. This can be a season of renewal if you have faith. This can be a season of renewal in your spiritual walk where, where now you can begin to grow. Now you can begin to read the scriptures for yourself, to study God's word, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in worship to be able to have your own personal encounter on a regular basis with God. This is a season of renewal for families. I thank God that I've been able to be quarantined with my wife and daughter. I was telling her the other day, this girl is spoiled. She's never been with both of us this long for this many weeks. But I love it. I used to think that she always smiled when I walked through the door because I would leave every day and she would miss me. So when I came back, she would smile again. But I've noticed over the last two weeks, she just smiles because she loves me. Every day she smiles at me. And, and I love this opportunity that God has given me to, to just love on my wife and daughter. Listen, some of you, work stole you from your family for a long time. And now that you've been stuck at home, you almost don't know how to interact with them. 
You almost don't know how to have a relationship with them. But I believe this can be a season of renewal because the enemy wants nothing more than to destroy the family. But God has locked you in a house, whether you were having good relationships or bad relationships, and said, now figure it out. I believe in yourself, that's impossible. But I believe in God. And I believe in God so much that he can make this a season of renewal. This will be a season of renewal for the church. See, the church all of a sudden, for the first time in a long time, has had to change things up. The church has been forced out of the four corners of the wall. We can't just sit back and wait for people to show up anymore. We had to change the strategy. We had, we had to change our approach. We had to understand that God has and always will be about evangelism, about reaching the lost, about going into the world. Well, now we're out there. Streams are going all over the place right now, right here, preaching the gospel, communicating God's word. We have been called to do things differently. And I, I pray that we never go back. When this all dies down and, and begins to subside and, and church begins business as usual, I pray that it's not business as usual. That this was a wake-up call for the church. And by the way, by the, by the church, I don't mean the pastoral staff. I mean you and I. That we understand the importance of community. The importance of gathering together, of praying with one another, of having this family and of making the family bigger. I believe in God. And so I know. I believe in God. So I know that our present troubles are small. That's a, that's a weird statement for Paul to make, that his present troubles are small and won't last, last very long. I, I think early on, uh, people would have taken this whole thing lightly. Uh, and maybe some still are, uh, but not many now. Now we're starting to feel the weight of the situation. Now people are, are being personally affected. Uh, this global problem is starting to look different. We're starting to understand what's actually happening. And so how can we call this present trouble small? Well, I believe what Paul is saying is it's small by comparison. Again, I, just talking about my daughter, I've just been looking at her and just in awe of her. And, and I remember when she was born in December, I remember thinking, wow, look at how big my baby is, right? She was almost nine pounds. She was just about 21 inches long. I thought, wow, that's a, that's a big baby. Now I hold her. Three months later, she's double the weight, about almost 16 pounds. She's two feet long. And I'm thinking, where did my baby go? And the crazy thing is, and parents, those of you who've already raised your children, you understand. One day I'm going to blink, and she'll be as tall as my wife. And I wonder, but, but she, was, she was small, but compared to who she was going to develop to be, that's why she's small. You and I need to understand, because we're on this side of the story, it doesn't look small. But God can see the end from the beginning. He's the alpha and the omega. So when he speaks, he looks at it and goes, buddy, trust me, that's small compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's small compared to what I'm going to do through it. That's small compared to the situation. Listen, Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, 
He will restore support and strengthen you, and he will place you in a firm foundation. Again, on this side, our troubles seem, seem big to us right now. But what God is saying is, no, no, no. You don't understand the scope of eternity. The whole sum of your life is less than a nanosecond in the streams of eternity. God is saying that is nothing compared to what will be revealed in us. Paul understood this. Paul said, listen, I've been persecuted. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten. I've been bruised. I've been near death. But here's what I understand. All of us will die. But only those whose faith is in God will live forever. Only those whose faith in God will experience eternity with him. So whether it's eternity in his glory or what we get to experience here on this earth, our troubles are small compared to God's glory. Our troubles are small compared to what God would do. Listen to me, church. We will get through this. This too shall pass. But what will come out of it, I believe, will be glorious. On the other side, God's glory now has an opportunity to be vastly larger than your troubles and last forever. Already, we're seeing lives transformed for the good. The world has been humbled. Priorities have been reset. The church has been forced outside again. The latter days will be greater than the former days. I believe in God, and so I know that to be true. The third thing is this. I believe in God, so I know that the eternal will guide me through the temporary. I believe in God. And so I know that his scope of eternity is going to be helping me, guide me through this temporary. Uh, let's look back at our main scripture, verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Listen to me, church. There is a difference between being fixated and being focused. There's a difference between being fixated and being focused. We have to focus on the problem at hand. We have to practice social distancing. We have to practice good hygiene, washing your hands for at least 20 seconds. Isn't it funny that all of a sudden we have to teach people how to wash their hands again? But we have to do this. We have to stay focused. We have to shop responsibly. You don't need seven years worth of toilet paper. We have to, to be smart about this situation. And we, ca we can't take it lightly. We have to be focused. It's not unspiritual to accept the present circumstance and current situation and focus on what needs to be done. It's important to do that. But it is unspiritual to be fixated on what's temporary. It is unspiritual to be so fixated on the problem that you don't see the glory to be so fixated on your troubles that all you do is worry and you never move on to the next thing. To be so consumed by the troubles you see that you lose sight of what is unseen. And I understand that's a, a funny sounding statement. But the definition of faith is what you can't see. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, uh, the, the most famous verse on faith, says that faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. 
Romans 8 goes on to say, verse 24 through 25, we are given this hope when we are saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. God is saying, listen, now is a season of faith. I know everything looks dire. I know things are worrisome. I know it's hard to understand. Don't get fixated on that. Focus on it. Deal with it. But don't be consumed by it. Don't be so fixated on what might happen. Listen, I get it. I was reading articles on projections on, on where the virus might go and what it might do and, and all the doomsday scenarios. If you look at Netflix, the most viewed shows are all on pandemics and virus spreading and, and people are just kind of fixated on it. And I get it. I didn't even want to talk about this. But we have to focus on what's in front of us. We get fixated on what's beyond us. We get fixated on what's eternal. We get fixated on what God is saying and trust the Lord. I believed, therefore I spoke. I love that faith came before their words. Faith came before what the psalmist said, before what Paul said, before what you and I say. I don't speak out of my own understanding. I don't speak out of my own hopefulness. I speak out of the hope that was given to me in Christ Jesus. I have faith in him and that's why I can believe. See, we don't know a lot of things. We don't know when this pandemic will end, but we have faith that it will. We don't know how our financial needs are going to be met, but we have faith that Christ Jesus will meet them. We don't know when we'll be able to open up the church building again, but we believe and we have faith that when we do, God's name will be glorified in a way that we have never experienced before. I believe that. I have to believe that because I have faith. We don't know when we'll be able to hug each other and, and bless each other and, and have those interactions. Listen, it's, it's hurting me. My superpower is hugs. That's what I do. And I long to hug you. I long to encourage you and to be with you. And we don't know when that'll happen again. But what we do know is we will one day whether on this side or in eternity, we'll always get to be together. We don't know a lot of things, but if we did, it wouldn't be faith, would it? It'd be obvious. We need to have faith. We need to believe because it's what God tells us to do. Worship team, if you can help me out. Here's what I understand is that we don't have to know. Knowing is not a prerequisite for faith. As a matter of fact, it's not even a factor in it. We don't have to know. All we have to do is believe. The Gospel of Mark chapter 9 tells us the story of a, a father who had a demon-possessed child. The story says that this child was demon-possessed from a very young age, and it would cause a lot of pain and anguish to him personally and to his family. He would be thrown into violent fits. Uh, he would be thrown into fires. He would have all these issues. He would be struck down with rigor mortis, and, and all these things were going on. And, and this father, yearning to see his child healed, brought his child to the disciples, and even they couldn't cast the demon out. So he brings them to Jesus. He brings his son and all his hope. And listen, I get it. Some of us were in situations where that's all we have. But can I tell you something? When all you have is hope, that's when God shines the brightest. 
Because, because you're not looking at a plan B and a plan Z. You don't have one foot in and one foot out. When you throw your hands in the air and you say, God, if you don't do this, I don't know how it's going to happen. If you don't make a way, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay this mortgage. God, if you don't provide a way, I don't know how I'm going to get another job. If, if you don't provide a way, I don't know how I'm going to not kill these kids. God, you got to do it. I need you right now, Lord. My hope is in you. And, and there was this desperation of a father. He tried everything. He even tried church people. And then he goes to Jesus. And he says, God, if you can, because all these other people couldn't, would you heal my child? And I love Jesus' response because Jesus is almost insulted at the very question. Verse 23 through 24, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asks, anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. The father obviously had faith. He obviously believed. After all, he brought his son to Jesus. He, he had to have a measure of faith. But he was also honest about the areas in his life where he doubted. He was also honest that there were parts of his life where he had unbelief. Brother, sister, I, I'm not questioning your faith. I know you have faith. I know you believe. But what parts of your life do you have unbelief? What areas of your life are you struggling to trust God in? I wonder what part of your life are you having trouble believing? Maybe you doubt that anything good can come out of this season. Maybe you doubt that God will make a way. Maybe you're starting to even doubt that God even exists. It's okay to admit the doubts that you have. It's okay to be honest about your unbelief. You see, help my unbelief is something that only a person of faith can say. Charles Spurgeon once said, while men have no faith, they are unconscious of their unbelief. But as soon as they get a little faith, then they begin in consciousness of greatness, or then they begin to be conscious of the greatness of their unbelief. Allow me to take a moment here to help you understand. It's okay to not have total faith, or at least admit that you don't. What's not okay is to stay that way. We need to bring our unbelief to God. We need to, to ask the Lord to help us with those areas of a doubt, to help us with those moments of uncertainty, to help us with those moments where we are tempted to take the situation into our own hands. And so church, right where you're at, I wanna invite you to pray with me. Allow me to take a moment and pray over your life and I'll ask God to help us in these areas of doubt or maybe even your own salvation. In a moment, I wanna pray for the church, but before I do, I just feel prompted in this moment. Maybe you're watching and, man, you haven't been to church in a long time, long before the quarantine. You haven't had a good relationship with God recently. Or maybe you've never had, and friend of somebody posted this and you just happen to be on and, and it's kind of captured your sight. I want you to know that Everything that's happened in the history of the world has happened to give you this opportunity right here, right now. 
to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Our hope in this world is fragile. We're jars of clay. A small virus can stop it in a moment, but the eternal God can sustain you forever. So I wanna pray for you. If you're there, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you can be saved. And so if you're watching, whether it's now or maybe 10 years from now, you stumble across this video, I just wanna give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And so church, why don't you help me? Let's pray for that individual who's making a commitment to Christ right now. Just repeat after me, say, Jesus, Lord, I understand my unbelief. I know that I have doubts and I know that I've doubted you. But God, I ask you right here, right now, to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to help me with my unbelief and give me the faith that I need to follow you. Lord, wash me away of all my sins and transgressions and teach me to love you the way you love me. I pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want to encourage you, if you made that prayer, reach out to us, whether it's on social media or online or whatever way you want to do a phone call, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you about what the next steps are. We'd love to maybe even get on a FaceTime with you and start talking about what's next. And let me go back to the church family before we close. Again, what areas are you doubting in? You're men and women of strong faith, but there might be areas where you doubt. Before we close, let me pray for you as well. Heavenly Father, Lord, you know our faith. You know that we trust you. But God, you also are very aware of the areas in our lives where we doubt. The areas in our lives where we're uncertain. God, we wanna believe. There is a, a desire for us to believe. There's a desire for us to trust you. And so, God, we pray, help us with our unbelief. God, if we could do it on ourselves, it would be done already. Lord, we need your help. Remind us again, God. Show us your glory, Lord. Help us to understand, God. Even in the midst of, of a world pandemic, God, you can give us faith. So, Lord, help us now. Increase our faith. Help us during this time where we're even quarantined to draw closer to you and to have our faith grow, God. And, Father, we understand. As we read the scriptures, we see that oftentimes faith is increased through times of difficulty. So God, we don't want to waste this hard time. We want it to be for your honor and for your glory. So God, I pray that in the midst of all these difficulties, may our faith increase so that when we come out of it, we will be able to speak to your glory. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. I believe in God, so I spoke. As you log off, church, I want to encourage you, and I, I recommend that you take a record of what's been going on in these last few days. Maybe journal, maybe take some pictures, maybe just remember, make reminders for yourself about what's going on, because there's going to come a time when this is over where God will give you an opportunity to speak. And I noticed that in the scripture, Paul says, I believed Meaning, in that moment of difficulty, I believed. In my past, I believed. And because I believed then, I can speak now. God will give you an opportunity to speak in the future. But you have to believe in the present. God bless you, church. We love you. 
Let's stay connected. Follow us on our social medias until we can see each other in person. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you soon. Amen.